Hello and welcome to our podcast Taking Chances with me Anupama Bhalla and my co-host Soela Joshi. We all have grown up hearing the phrase no risk no gain and seen people who have taken big risks leading to big gains. Today with us we have a visionary entrepreneur Sri Raman Tyagrajan who has done just that. He is the co-founder and CEO of Agria Technologies and avas.com. In this episode he simplifies the rules of entrepreneurship and the importance of taking calculated risks after a good assessment of every situation. Anu and I are so happy to have you here with us. Welcome Shri. Thank you so much Anu and Soela. Very very happy to be part of Taking Chances podcast. So to start off would love to know what is Agria Tech and what drove the decision to go start a business. So Agria Technologies was started with a very very simple vision to make technology useful for all. What we meant by that is in 2016 when we were toying with this idea it was just around the time Jio had launched and millions of Indians were coming online for the first time. They are very different from you and me. They don't speak English, they don't converse in English. That doesn't mean they are illiterate. That just means that they prefer content or technology or anything else to be served in their own languages. So we started that journey saying okay let's build products and content in Indian languages and we said okay this voice technology sounds interesting because even if you don't read or write a language you can simply speak and you can speak in a very natural language to your Google and Alexa today and get things done so that was the beginning of agria technologies where we wanted to make technology useful for all and we picked voice as the weapon of choice yeah but why did you want to uh, you know start a business you were in a very uh, big company and you were heading uh, you know the digital piece so what drove you to start a business because that's completely uh, out of your comfort zone in that sense Entrepreneurship is an incurable disease so I love I think the symptoms keeps going but the condition is never cured so my first venture was in 2004 I was 19 and wow. that was my first venture and in fact that was a one person venture then I went on to study my MBA I came back then I started a ad agency in Chennai uh, then I moved to Bombay took up a job and then I was in publicis and then again i started because during 2012 to 16 i was just waiting for a next big thing to happen because the mobile wave had came and went from say 2010 mm. to 15 and i was just waiting for the next wave something interesting to happen and you know data prices falling and voice technology coming together was the big moment and i said okay time to get back so um obviously you know this is something interesting you just learned about you now you are in a very unique space you're looking at you know voice managed solutions and you're possibly india's first voice agency so uh with not too many examples to help you did you have any stumbling blocks along the way and what did you do to tackle them yeah stumbling blocks you know there are like some big boulders of a blocks and there are some small pebbles mm-hmm. of blocks that keeps coming our way all the time especially when we started you know we were way too ahead of time i think even today we are like a little ahead of time but in 2017 when we were telling everyone that we are doing this voice tech people had no clue what we are talking about right so the market wasn't ready but we said okay we are going to stay committed to do what we have entitled to do and we were doing it and then of course many breakthroughs came for example we built india's first connected cars uh, we made alexa speak in sharukan's voice you know some of our products uh, one of them is very funny one called hindi jokes about 400000 people laugh at our jokes on alexa every month uh, we built gana antakshri you could sing a song to a ai and it sings a bollywood song back at you all this happened right so 
stumbling blocks were kind of having incredible amount of patience to evangelize this new tech and then convince enterprise clients to spend money on this and then of course you have to successfully deliver that there aren't any experience there aren't any uh, developers or anyone who has already done it because it's brand new so we learned a lot of things along the way and those learnings were i don't know i wouldn't call them as uh, uh, stumbling blocks but they were challenges which made us stronger okay yeah right right so avas.com is another piece you know that uh, you know uh, you know you and i have actively have you know spoken about and it's a relatively new platform what is what is it about and what are your dreams and hopes of what it will become because it's a very exciting space and again you hold that unique position as being having the first mover advantage so what are your hopes and dreams about what avas will become very very simple soila but before that quick history of how computing and content evolved right so there were mainframe computers and it could only process text then we got pc with a the mouse then that would support multimedia and then when mobile phone came you know it's touch and then videos are the most preferred form of content on it right today with the advent of voice technology it's everywhere it's on your car it's on your smart speaker it's on your ac it's on your tv remote it's kind of everywhere yeah. and if you look at the input when humans speak to the bot it is voice but when the bot speaks back to you that's actually audio content so when you say temperature news jokes anuman chalisa shayari kahaniya animal sounds whatever you are asking a smart assistant it is some form of audio content and that was the moment we realized a couple of years ago 2018 that we should have a audio play and of course audio in india is only two things one is fm radios and there are music otts so music yeah. ott have legacy and repertoire of like 70 years 80 years of movie industries music so they aggregate but if you look at any audio content beyond music there weren't any maybe a few fragmented players but they were mostly doing it in english we wanted to do spoken word audio stories audio entertainment audio experiences in indian languages and we started avas.com so it was launched with 100 hours of programming in hindi original content today we have little more than 1000 hours of original audio content in four languages hindi marathi urdu and english of course indian english and the vision is very very simple it is a professionally generated content platform something on the lines of a netflix not on the lines of a youtube and one big dream to say would be eventually we will be the netflix of audio right so that's where we want to be So have you seen like this huge spike of listenership during the covid times yes of course there were two reasons one we had just in time created a lot of mental wellness and calming content so there was a huge uptake for that second there weren't many movies coming out or new songs coming out so people wanted to try something new that was the second driver third and most important driver that we saw was you know there were no made and buy and driver and everything right everybody were doing their own work so they said might as well you know put on the headphones listen to something meaningful when i am doing my jadu pocha or bartan we have a lot of content that is very upskilling and uplifting so there was huge take for those in fact during covid peak of lockdown we saw about 22% increase in listenership and it's an ongoing journey again anu and soila that you know first day of hours when we launched there were like user count was 16 16 people <laughs> we were like who are the 16 people listening <laughs> to us right okay. yeah uh, today it's north of half a million so i mean it's quite a right 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 
So, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur is surely a 24-7 job, you know, from thinking, from strategizing to even doing the smallest things yourself. So uh, having done, been involved in so many of them, you obviously have a fair amount of experience. So what kind of advice would you give to people starting out on that journey? Yeah, you actually have answered in the question itself that A, you need to be um, ready to grind. It's very, very easy to look at all the news out there. Somebody raised funding, somebody had sold their company, somebody got acquired, something happened, something happened. Wow, right? What a time to be alive. Yes, of course, these are all the lucrative world of being in a tech startup today, but it's not easy at all. You need to be thinking a little long term. When I say little long term, at least you need to have something as simple as a five-year commitment if you want to make anything out of your startup venture. Because the first year, you have no clue what you're doing, uh, no matter how strong your hypothesis on the paper are. So it takes the first whole year to even get a grip around what you're trying to do. And I'm saying this mostly for first-time entrepreneurs. At least second-time entrepreneurs have had the experience and they are little sorted in their head on what to do. But it gets really hard if you're a first-time entrepreneur. And second, it depends on what age bracket you are in. For example, if you're happy-go-lucky, single, 20-something, you can take a lot of chances. But let's say you're 30-something, have EMIs to pay, then, of course, you need to have maybe a six-month to one-year you know, path to your entrepreneurship where you sort out your finances a little bit. Uh, maybe your spouse is working. Maybe you clear out all those risks in your life and ensure that things go smoothly for six to eight months because that uh, crucial time that you realize whether you are up to something or you are just uh, into an expensive hobby. So, so what do you think, uh, you know, Shri, is it better to start early or it's never too late? It's never too late at all. Never, ever too late. I, I think uh, recently I saw Bisleri launching a lemonade brand. I think the promoter Chauhan, right? You look at his energy. He's been launching brand after brand for years now. Uh, maybe you can call him a seasoned entrepreneur, but there are many other examples, you know, I'm a mentor at Google Launchpad. I mentored startups with founders who are aged 50 plus, uh, 40 plus, first-time entrepreneurs, age 50 plus, first-time entrepreneur, age 40 plus. So it's never too late to start. In fact, uh, you might be respected more if you are an experienced person because you will already bring in a lot of contacts and network. So if you're going to market, if you're looking at hiring, if you're looking at fundraising, your experience definitely counts. So don't shy away from saying, I'm too old to start this. Yeah. I have one more follow-up question on this. What about, you know, fearlessness? Does that come when you're at 19 or when you're at 50, when you start something? Because you started young at 19 and I mean, not saying that, you know, you're old, but uh, just that, is there a mental shift that has happened from, you know, you being more cautious now or you are just the same at 19 and now? I think this taking is the first step of any entrepreneurship. So there is some amount of risk involved. If you are very sure what you're going to do, that's, I don't think that's entrepreneurship at all. So there is risk taking, whether you are 19 or 40 or 30. That being said, fear or whatever you said, that still is in, you know, the belly of every entrepreneur, you know, imposter syndrome. Am I, am I really doing anything? You know, every entrepreneur somewhere down the lane wonders, what am I even doing? You know, um, so that that feeling is kind of true in many, many entrepreneurs to the outside world. They have to be charismatic, project themselves with confidence, talk about, you know, things that they are sound like an expert, but deep down they know that, okay, what am I doing? Till they find some traction, till they find some early success. So you need to have that fear because that stops you from doing reckless things. But at the same time, conquer it to a meaningful degree so that the fear is not stopping you from achieving your dreams. Uh, you mentioned that you were, you know, you mentor at Google for startups. 
So obviously you must be having to deal with a lot of people who are coming at you with ideas, business plans. So do you find some common misconceptions that people who are getting into startups first time have, you know, which you come across quite frequently when they're starting on this journey? Yeah, the one common pattern of any entrepreneur, what they do is they have a great idea. All ideas are great idea, right? There isn't any idea which is called a bad idea at all, but they fall in love with their own idea. And the right way to do that is to fall in love with the problem you're trying to solve. Wow. Right? For example, if you're if you're running a taxi company, transportation is not really good. I can't find a taxi when I want it. So let me build an app for it. Let's call it Uber, right? Now, you can't be in love with the product because there is a big problem to be solved. People want different size of car. People want car of different pricing. People want car of different quality, whatever. You know, there is enough problems to be solved and the problem is not going anywhere anytime soon, right? If, when I, for example, in my, in my journey, we want to create audio content in Indian languages. That's the problem we are trying to solve because there isn't any. Audio is dominated by music. Now, Ava's app is just a shell or a what do you call means to solving that, right? We have barely scratched the surface. I could say with pride that, okay, thousand hours of original audio, that's that's nothing. Look at the billion plus people we are and what is this thousand hours of content, right? So you can't be in love with your idea. So this happens most of the time. And why this is bad is because you shut down your mental system to take critical feedbacks. Or you kind of stop yourself from talking to your customers saying, do they even care about what you're doing? There are many startups who work for months, like six months, eight months in their boardroom, in their own garage, come out with a product that nobody even takes it up. And I've even spoken to some startups who have not done one Google search of whether they have a competition or not. This is really terrifying because it's also shed in the sand, right? Because they're scared that, okay, what if somebody has already done my idea? So I don't even want to... Search if somebody has done that. Yeah, I'm the only one who's going to So on the contrary, if there is a competitor, it is really great because it validates there is a market for your product. Exactly. Right. So these are all the, I mean, a couple of things. One, don't fall in love with your own idea. And two, ensure you there is a market for what to do. And three, please talk to your customers before you start building something. So three points. Yeah. So uh, what about you, Sri Raman? You know, it's famously said that everybody fails in a big or a small way, you know, when you start on your own journey, even when you're probably part of a corporate system as well. So are there any specific failures that come to your mind you know, when I when I say this? And, you know, how did you kind of deal with them as and when they did happen? Okay, so there are spectacular failures and there are these tiny little failures. Let me start with the smaller ones. You know, for example, when you send a proposal to a client and they agree, then you feel bad that, you know, you undercoated because they never even negotiated with you. So you feel bad for the lack, you know, loss of incremental revenue there. And sometimes in hiring, things go wrong. Like someone was very, very good in personal interview. Their CV speaks for itself. But when they join, they are culturally, they are not able to fit inside this organization. Now you just can't hire and fire. You spend time in training them. Things don't work out. You have to let them go. All these kind of things happen. And you're like, you know, what went wrong? You're kind of wondering. These are little, little failures that continuously happen in entrepreneur's life. Uh, in my experience, biggest uh, some of the biggest failures are, for example, we launched a product called Keen. It was meant to give you information about what you are keen to know, right? Uh, let's say you want to track about Maruti Suzuki. Let's say Anu is an auto enthusiast and you want to know new things about Maruti Suzuki and Soila is a stockbroker and she wants to know new things, market moving insights about Maruti Suzuki, right? So the context remains, the search query or the term remains the same, but context mm. varies. 
So we were working on a product like this, and of course, the idea was also to make it available in Indian languages. But market was not ready for this. There wasn't even enough Indian language content for us to launch it successfully. And we spent like six to eight months working on it, and then it was launched. But it was a terrible product, and that was a lot of uh, waste of time and money. So that was again, I should have taken you know my own advice, right? Um, <laughs> find out the right timing for your product. Uh, Talk to your customers. Don't fall in love with your product. Yeah. Those kind of things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you're really candid about your failures. So, is there a best piece of advice that you got and you took it actually? Oh yeah. So it's very very simple. Either be a leader or be with the leader. This is some advice that I got and I kind of really like it because uh, there are things that you know really well. You can lead others in that space. And then there are so many things you have no clue about or you are half boiled, right? It's best that you stick to somebody who knows that. Now, if you, you can apply this anywhere and everywhere. For example, if your friend is asking you health tips, don't. Are you an health expert? No. So don't give them health tips, right? Uh, but if somebody is asking me marketing advice, for sure, I can speak hours on it. So this kind of applies in every little thing I try to do. For example, if we launched ours, it's kind of wanting to be in that leadership position because everybody is doing video, everybody is doing blog and text articles. We said, okay, let's launch audio and be number one in it. And I think we are getting there, right? So things like that. And uh, the example of being with the leader, for example, we don't specialize in making news content. No, we don't have the DNA of making news. So we have partnership with the Economic Times and we jointly create the Morning Brief podcast. Right. So who other than an economic times to create English business news podcast, right? So now it's an amazing collaboration because they are clear leaders in business news and we know what to do in podcast. So we put the two and two together and we have things rolling. So that's the advice I got and I've kind of used it in every walk of my life. Right, right. You know, uh, on a lighter note, I have to say something. Your advice is not going to go down very well with many Indians because we all are experts on every subject. You know, yeah. so, so, so that goes without so, saying. We can speak on anything. I know, I know. So you you can have an opinion on anything. That's how Indians are. I think most humans are. Uh, social media works works because of that. But opinion doesn't mean expertise. So true, true. I know what you mean, but I was deliberately using that word because we all think we are experts for everything that's happening yeah. around us. That's yeah. right. Especially cricket. I mean, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, cricket, cricket, everyone knows everything. everything. International <laughs> politics, everything. I know, absolutely. Armchair, armchair wrestling, armchair cricket, armchair politics, armchair business. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So Sridharman, in your journey, uh, who are the few people who've inspired you? If you could share some, uh, you know, inspiration that you've got from people who got you into this position that you are in today. Yeah. So, I mean, at the top of the list is my dad. He was an entrepreneur in the 80s before liberal liberalization. And there was no venture capital. There was no VC fund. In fact, there weren't even office spaces. I was born and raised in Bangalore. We always had a home with one extra bedroom and that bedroom is used to be dad's office. And he used to be a project consultant for other businesses to set up their venture. It was called Project Facility Services. And he would help them get loan from uh, state financial corporations. He used to make them project reports. He used to advise them on building their venture. And by the virtue of his office being at home, I have kind of imbibed a lot of things. For example, we used to have customers visiting home pretty much every day. 
and i used to hang around his office and i don't think anyone cared that there is a 8 year old or a 7 year old kid hanging around because they just no one cared but i don't know i was grandfathered into entrepreneurship it was always in my head i saw my dad do it and he was an entrepreneur all his life and there was briefly some time in my life when i used to go with him every day to office then took over the family business for a very brief time and before i decided to do something of my own so that is on top of the list of people who inspired me to be an entrepreneur okay so you know you had so many personal professional journeys and i get the feeling that you were quite happy doing all of them so you know what is your happy moment being your own boss uh to learn something new i mean that's actually what really really drives me to do anything i kind of get bored very easily for example 2008 to 12 i was in outdoor media and events and outdoors and btl all of that okay and i kind of uh, you know we were doing very well but i personally got bored uh, because it was the same thing the next day and the same thing the next day and digital was just around there and i said okay i'm going to build a career in digital advertising imagine someone selling outdoor inventory joining as a group head in a digital agency how did they even hire me right <laughs> so i spent months leading the at least the theoretical part and getting the concepts right and of course it made sense for them to hire and immediate job after that would be vice president of digital at publicis again really large agency right so and then of course four years of digital life enough of facebook enough of google enough of digital marketing uh, let me do something new and uh, this whole voice tech and building in indian languages with the newest space and i think that's a little bigger fish to fry than digital marketing because i haven't got bored yet so being by yourself being your own boss you can learn whatever you want you are not you know learning because the hr department put you in a lnd kra of their own right so learning something new is absolutely and i guess you can also biggest. move at your own pace also right Often. because it's you know as you think so you can do an act i think that is also something that is good about having your own venture yeah but with that there is so much responsibility anu come to think about it it's his own of business course, you have course. people yeah, you are you know who yeah who depend on you and stuff so it's in that sense you can have your own pace and all of that but at the same time you don't have that liberty to let go of your 24/7 kind of thinking on your work because people depend on you for their uh, you know life in that sense is this something that is non negotiable for you in work in life or just in general that is like something that is non negotiable yeah i might sound very cliche but it is integrity i think i have very very low tolerance for people who don't have integrity or who display questionable integrity i think i would avoid them completely so that's non negotiable at all it's okay to fail it's okay to screw up it's okay to stand up and say you know what i really screwed up all of that is fine i mean we are all humans but integrate whether you took a pencil from my office or you took 1 million dollar from the office without being authorized both are same amount of breach of integrity in my book so shri um having your own business is a 24/7 job and you really can't afford to take it easy so how do you strike a work life balance given that you are a self admitted serial entrepreneur and you've been in advertising which is hardly a 9 to 5 situation and again you are with avas.com so what do you do to strike that balance you know it's ironical because i was in advertising all my life it's only after i started this venture there is some amount of stability in me coming home on time because i can <laughs> <laughs> i can leave when i feel like you must be having a super effective team i think then <laughs> i know i know we we also kind of respect uh, people's personal lives to some extent uh, we, we don't start meetings at you know 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock and things like that um i mean advertising agency start somewhere by 12 o'clock warm up by 3 o'clock and the peak of the work is happening at 8 in the night or 9 in the night but sense of really for me is i have a 8 year old kid a loving wife and a 
very gifted child so just spending time with them is my number one idea of unwinding from the work because the little kid has so many things to share what he learned today and uh, he takes various interest you know suddenly is all about uh, space exploration then suddenly is now playing chess so he has a lot to share and hearing him giving feedback having conversations with the family i think that takes my mind completely off work and that's my number one way of relaxing you know just spend time with your loved ones have you picked up some personal surefire tricks that keep you motivated and focused because you have so much on your plate so yeah. what is it that you do that keeps you motivated and focused so that your task or whatever that you're doing you know comes through okay combination of things one is of course uh, you know deep down there is this fear of failure that you can't fail <laughs> i mean you need to do something there is colleagues dependent on you your investor is counting on you your your family is counting on you you have bills to pay so there is some amount of you know commitments that's driving you saying okay you cannot take it easy you need to kind of work hard and make it successful so it sounds very silly but actually having a lot of such commitments and expectations from others on you is a motivation that okay i'm going to be a provider for all the people having expectations from me whether it's my investor whether it's my colleagues whether it's my founder or my family so that's one thing and i keep telling that to myself every time i'm a little disinterested or distracted or demotivated i keep telling that to myself look you are the ceo of the company there's a lot of people counting on your judgment right. your decision you will pull off things there is no point in you know second guessing things or self doubt so just cheer up and get back you know i kind of tell that to myself and that always works no try try so uh, sri raman any regrets along this journey of your something you wish you'd done or something you wish you hadn't done at all i think all my life i mean at least my adult life since 18 to my postgrad you know i studied only marketing i did fairly well in that subject in my undergrad i did well in in my mba i was top of the class i i was like you know that's one subject i i really love blah blah the point is i never kind of paid attention to finance uh, numbers maths and i said like hey i don't need any of this you know the cfo will do it some accountant will do it but you know that's kind of coming back and haunting me now <laughs> because i'm talking actually to, coming to bite uh, you more than haunting you yeah. yeah he wanted to say that but i thought <laughs> yeah so i'm talking to investors for example you know they are all excel expert they are i mean they speak numbers they live numbers eat numbers and i i spend like 10 seconds calculating in my head and you know maybe they are judging me maybe they are not but it is kind of not so impressive on your part to do the math so slow in your head and get back with answers right so so maybe i should have paid more attention to maths uh, more attention to finance yeah so that's and excel I- sheets and spreadsheets spreadsheets i can manage because you are at your own pace you can do google search and yes. uh, out okay. apply some function blah blah but when you're talking to someone right yeah. uh, what is 12% of yeah. 242 i mean you know, uh, <laughs> yeah that's right take like 30 yeah. seconds to come up with this uh, yeah, two yeah. seconds is fine three seconds is fine <laughs> i feel your pain i do <laughs> and the final question so all of almost all of us have a template of what we want our lives to be to look like have you achieved your life template to a large extent yes i think there is a great indian template where you know at 18 you buy a bike in 20, 20 something you get your first job then your car then you get married then home and home loan and kid i have not that template i don't like that template of course i got married very early i was just about i just turned 26 and i got married and it's been 11 years and i'm loving it 
but i think i have kind of checked off all the list i have like i'm well traveled well well educated blessed with a family blessed with a child kind of providing enough for my family and more having having a reasonable amount of reputation in the industry yes i think i have zero regrets so far that's awesome that's, that's interesting awesome. yeah because you know a lot of people actually tell us that they don't really have a template or they're probably forming one but you seem to be like happily already there yeah that's a good I, place to be yeah uh, thank thank almighty for that i think one thing i was not very sure i can ever do it was you know i could never run or i was never in, in, into any physical sports but in 2018 i did like six six half marathons in one year so wow. i said like okay fine i can do wow. it so <laughs> <laughs> so I, and I stopped running now I mean uh, it's boring now so I just wanted to check if I could do it I did it and I'm like okay thank you yeah so. that's one thing I've realized Rashree that you get bored very easily <laughs> your attention span and wanting to do more learning new that's really coming up and that's something I didn't know about you because you just yeah. seem so focused and so solid that I didn't know this work of yours so yeah I mean interesting <laughs> yeah So they we come to the end of this thank you so much Shree for doing this for Anupama and me and really really enjoyed having this chat with you it was thank great so having you here thank you so much Soila and Anu I really enjoyed my conversation talking to you both about taking chances and if you are the listeners if you are first time entrepreneur go for it wish you the best we hope this podcast encourages you to follow your dreams listeners we will be back very soon with more chance takers Till then have a good day and do like and share this podcast